A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. I'm Lisa Chanu. And today we are joined by a very special guest, a Los Angeles-based multimedia journalist specializing in arts and culture, civil rights, crime, and human interest stories. You may have seen her work on Vice News Tonight, Marketplace. She's produced two series for uh, the podcast uh, network, Wondery. I mean, all over the place. It's Cerise Castle. Hi, thanks Hi. for the lovely introduction. Of course. <laughs> I, I try. I always get very nervous with introductions, even just like uh, not not just like people's credits, but I feel like I'm the most awkward at saying hi and goodbye to people. So I always really <laughs> have to like gas myself up for it. <laughs> I was going to say, Julie, that was a really good credit role. I was I was even impressed by this. Well, Cerise, you have an I'm we're so excited to talk to you because there's so much juice and dirt and like all this stuff afoot. And I know that there's a lot of for our listeners, you know, writers themselves, journalists themselves, people that are just like 
politically interested as well. So I think you're just you're just the coolest and also in good company Aww. with all of us. Me and Lisa are Tauruses as well. You share actually sun and moon with Lisa. So, you know, this is a, we're back in the bullpen, baby. Just <laughs> yes. get it yet again. <laughs> We don't we don't do it on purpose. We swear it just happens that it's like, you know, we got a lot of Tauruses. I just I mean, all the cool people, I think, are Tauruses. And so that's why it's really tough because it's like we want to have cool people on, but we can't like just (laughs) only have one sign on every week. So (laughs) the Tauruses just come through. (laughs) I, I know that you've you've tweeted some astrology things are you a are you a astrology person i am huge into astrology i check my channy up before i leave my bed every morning whoa okay how is the how are you because the channy app's pretty new how are we liking the channy app for those who are maybe curious about it at home i love the channy app um i went ahead and i paid for the monthly subscription and i got like a weekly meditation from channy i got updates every day about um how my planets are doing and where they're headed next (laughs) I love it I feel very tuned in with um my chart in a way that I never have before oh okay also Chani not that wasn't that wasn't a sponsored ad y'all that was just some (laughs) real life testimonial right here you know we 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 love Chani so good to good to hear what what are is there parts of your chart that have like surprised you I think we all like learn our sun sign first right like that's typically the mode of of transpo but yeah as what in your chart has has anything hit for you differently that maybe was surprising hmm I don't know if it's hitting differently but I feel like I'm more in tune with my cancer moon these days Mm -hmm. um being locked up in the house has put me very in touch with my emotional side um (laughs) and I feel like I'm getting more in tune with the moon, more accepting of my moon, um, more okay with, you know, just being more emotional and being okay with it. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important in journalism is having that kind of, because, you know, we're comedians and if there is, I also have a cancer moon and it's just one of those things that I think as women, when we get success, especially in a, a difficult field, like it is really hard to nurture yourself because there, you have a lot of other voices that are telling you certain things about yourself. And so I think it's such an important thing to find those things that really feel like I'm taking care of today or like, because mm. a lot of people in your life are going to tell you I'm taking care of you. And they really aren't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very true. Well, and so much, it's like you are your work, even though you are, you know, uh, observing and and investigating and studying other people too it's still you still have to be kind of like the vessel that translates these things and so it is important to be staying in tune with what you need and your emotions and how that's affecting you because I think it just helps you be a better like creator whatever that means for any whatever line of work you're in if you are if you are needing to put kind of like your yourself into your work which I I believe that you do then you gotta like be aware of what's going on with you because it's because it's gonna get it it's it'll get out you know but also I think it's interesting this like cancer energy I would cancer midheaven and I you know I've had a long a long storied relationship with cancer energy. I feel like <laughs> since the beginning of this podcast, that's the one I really came in hot, like 
fuck cancers. which which just like anything uh, I have a Capricorn moon so it's the opposite so it's like yeah you don't of course of course you're gonna be all shitty like that like it's usually (laughs) there's an answer for it in in your own you know projection but someone told me that cancer energy is so much about like making your home wherever you are and feeling home wherever you are and I can also Mm. imagine you know obviously right like during the pandemic you're literally home and having to kind of be with yourself but also I could see where that would be that like knowing could be really useful um if you're having to put yourself in kind of difficult um confrontational dangerous situations too of of really needing to have that um like personal sense of home and security and safety and knowing that you have at the very least that to kind of come to yourself when you don't have that in the world. Oh yeah, 100%. And I think like when you were talking about like knowing how to take care of yourself when there are a lot of external like stress factors, like definitely with um, this project that I'm working on now, um, I've never been so stressed in my life. I've spent like six months um, working on this and it's, it's taking on a lot of pain, like you said, taking on a lot of pain, taking on a lot of trauma, and it can be very difficult and it does get overwhelming sometimes. But um, again, it's just like all about like being in tune with yourself and knowing like how to take care of yourself and manage that. Um, and I'm very grateful for, for that knowledge that I've gained. Mm-hmm. I think too, with your work, it's like all based in not, I guess not all, but like, it's based in morality, you know, that what you're doing is right. So you will continue to walk in that direction, because you have that, like, um, I guess that like, safe that not safety, but there, there's some, some bravery to it. But it's like, this idea of coming back to you, like, well, why am I? Why did I start this, I guess? And that mm. can help you to walk forward. Ooh. Yeah. Can we, I think this will be out when your piece is out, but can we kind of talk yeah, about like, what you've been deeply involved it. in? <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Um, so I've spent the past six months digging into gangs in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. These are deputies that form their own gangs and they go out and they commit crimes. They have been engaged in murder, torture, uh fraud um extortion really you name it um and they've done it and they've been able to do this with impunity for at least the past 30 years Uh, my records go back all the way to the mid-1980s this has been going on um and what's really blown my mind about this research is that um everybody knew about it i'm talking about Mm -hmm. the district attorney the county board of supervisors uh the state senate in california And even the U.S. um, Civil Rights Commission have all heard testimony about the gangs in Los Angeles County. They they heard about this um, in the early 90s. So they've known about this since before I was born. Um, And yet the gangs have been allowed to to grow um, and to really gain control of the sheriff's department. Yeah, this is something I saw (laughs) somewhere. Maybe you can't comment, but there's there's like a tattoo, right? There are many tattoos. So um, I've, I've been able to uncover 18 different gangs. Um, well, I, rather, let me rephrase that. I've been able to uncover solid evidence on 18 different gangs 
within the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Um, I, I suspect that there are quite a bit more that I haven't heard of. Um, and each of these gangs, they use um, different hand signs to flash gang signs with each other. Uh, they have different tattoos um, mm-hmm. with different placement. Um, depending on the tattoo, sometimes there are embellishments added. Um, if you've been involved in a shooting, if you've killed someone, um, your tattoo gets embellished a little bit. Um, yes. Damn. I mean, fuck, that's some heavy <laughs> shit yeah. that is like it's there's I and I want to like, you know, discuss this with Grace because I think we're all we all live in L.A. Uh, I mean, Julia's from the area. We I think this past summer obviously was a big awakening for a lot of people who maybe weren't as civically engaged. And I remember I think with the um, L.A. Sheriff's Department with Andres Guardado, I think that was like the big um and maybe and please correct me <laughs> like if i think that was like a big awakening of the gang involvement of the sheriff's department for a lot of um the citizens um is that a fair uh link or is that part is that just one drop in the bucket i'm guessing <laughs> no i think that andres's death like really work, woke up a lot of people in la um mm-hmm. i mean growing up here i grew up here too um you know i everyone always just kind of tells you the biggest gang in LA County is the sheriff's department. That's just kind Mm. of something that I grew up hearing. I had heard um, from elders about the Vikings as a child um, and Mm. just sort of some like, uh, I guess like uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, It's like like, an open secret. It sounds like, yeah, like it was just like one of those things like you always like, like, it's you just know that. Right. Folk, folklore or whatever like <laughs> oh yeah. you know they're just a gang like i mean yeah. I, i'm from i'm like spent most of my time in chicago so like i'm very aware of like like this is a beyond an la issue but i i'm glad we can spotlight the city that we're all residing in and and f- hyper focused but yeah that idea of like yeah cops are gang members allegedly dot 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 <laughs> dot 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 com <laughs> well i think too i um I think there's something where you're right that it is kind of like a open secret or like something that people kind of just discuss as like a foregone conclusion. But I do think recently it's been really clear. I mean, obviously, based on your research, how kind of far up and far reaching this knowledge Mm -hmm. goes that it's not. I think there's some when we have those kinds of things where it just feels like a almost like not to say it's not as serious but it's like oh well if the people know it must just be kind of like a people problem not a uh far-reaching legal problem or something like that like it's more I don't know I guess there's some naivete of like well if this was really uh not to say a real problem but I think just because it's like Los Angeles you know we talk about it being this liberal bubble and so you just Mm -hmm. don't like to think that this that these same things are happening in your like you know liberal city when in fact I think that it's even more you know we're seeing this a little not not the exact same thing but I think uh, a lot of what the past four years and certainly in the pandemic has been is that it's like we need to be just as vigilant in like liberal quote capital l liberal circles as anywhere else because it's also been we've also allowed for so much of this stuff to to persist and and to hold everyone accountable and to not be like oh this isn't a like this isn't just a sheriff problem this is a like 
far yeah. a whole a, a huge problem i don't even know how to quantify yeah. where what kind of contextual uh like space that holds it's everything well mm-hmm. i think too yeah. for me i'm not a native angelino and i have recently become more involved with local not involved but just like interested in reading and learning about like local history and local politics and stuff mostly because my my boyfriend's lived here for a very long time and um I live close to PD. I guess I maybe shouldn't say that, but okay. I, I live nearby, um, which is like a notorious um, police department. And I think for me, I've compartmentalized that a lot in my life in the past, you know, five years that I've lived in this neighborhood that be, that was in the past or that. And I think a lot of people do that because um, it's scary <laughs> to walk around your neighborhood and think that it might not be safe. And the people that might be supposed to be protecting it are the ones maybe making it less safe um and so i think that and i know that that i don't know too much about that division i know there's a movie and i I, you know whatever but you killed your favorite rapper Mm -hmm. what i said they killed your favorite rapper oh right well of course that i know (laughs) that stuff but like i don't i know they've rebranded and all that kind of stuff so i don't know like what goes on there today I see the cars come out or whatever. I know kind of what's there, but you can't, it's not a police department you can walk into and, you know, file any kind of report or whatever. So, and I think it's like some gang task force or something, but it, it is just like, I think we compartmentalize things and we think that a lot of this stuff was happening in the nineties and blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't think that ever got solved. So mm-hmm. it has just been continuing to happen. Would yeah. Be yeah, I, I completely agree with that. You know, and an interesting thing about, um, you know, we're talking about the 90s and I think everyone really like when we think about the 90s in L.A., we think about gang culture, right? That was when like gangs are really at a height here. And I think like that's something unique to Los Angeles. I mean, in Chicago, I know they have a lot of gangs and cliques, too. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. the gang culture in L.A. is just like so, so entrenched. And I, I don't think that's a negative thing necessarily. Like I have friends that are that are in street gangs and, you know, it, it can be like a nice like community organization. Um, but again, I think it just says something about the culture, like the bandanas that we have here in LA, the dancing that we do here in LA, it's all based around gangs. So it doesn't really surprise me that the sheriff's department took on this identity, especially when, mm. when you're working in a place like law enforcement and you have this us versus them mentality, it really allows that stuff to grow and faster and you know another thing that um i think about a lot um one of the private investigators that i spoke to in the course of this research she's actually a marine corps veteran who served in vietnam and he has a lot of really interesting insight about uh, the the atrocious acts that he committed in vietnam and comparing that with the sheriff's department he says like you know in vietnam we were going into a place that we didn't know uh fighting people who didn't look like us who had a completely different culture it was very easy um for us to be brainwashed into that mm-hmm. the, their lives didn't matter and that what we were doing was noble and just and that these people were disposable and it's really the same thing with the sheriff's department right many of these people don't live in the communities that they're patrolling right they, don't look like the people that they're patrolling they don't share a culture or a common identity and you know in in my opinion i truly do think that they treat these lives as disposable and we do live in this this quote unquote like liberal playground but 
you know, a lot of those policies that are upheld by liberal Democratic voters have kept the sheriff's department gangs in power and allowed them to continue to grow and to get into these upper levels of management. Alex Villanueva, our current sheriff, (laughs) he Mm -hmm. said in a board of supervisors meeting in 2019 that during his time at the East Los Angeles station, which is notorious for being home to not just one, but three different gangs, he said in a board of supervisors meeting, we were all cavemen saying that we were all a part of this gang. So this stuff is so deep, you know, I truly yeah. <laughs> don't I truly believe that unfortunately most deputies in the sheriff's department if they aren't a tattooed member of the gang, that they are affiliated with a gang, that they are associated with a gang because in my research, people that aren't, they get pushed out. They just aren't yeah. able to work anymore. They get chased this, away. This brings up an interesting point and we don't have to answer this question I'm going to propose, but it's when we get not a lot, because I think a lot of our listeners are um, typically progressive, liberal minded, whatever that means. But sometimes we and this is the argument I think we hear from a lot of people is like, well, it's not everyone. It's not all these cops. It's not all these people there. It's just the system. I don't even know if there's like a, I don't even know if I'm posing a question, <laughs> like, but more of like, what do we say to stuff like that? Like, what do we what do we say to when someone's like, well, my husband is a good cop or a good sheriff. And it's like, well, you probably don't know your husband. 46% <laughs> of cops beat their wives. Like, yeah. are, you, are you being hurt right now? That would be my response yeah. to that. Woman. Are you okay? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I think the system is built to preserve this type of behavior. I mean, we all know that police were founded as, you know, the slave patrol to capture mm-hmm. runaway slaves. And I don't think that attitude has changed. It's been set up to, the police system in America is set up to protect capitalistic property. And they're not, they're not for us. I mean, sure. I think that like, potentially there could be a few so-called good cops in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, but you know, even if they're there, they don't have a recourse to make things better. They're outnumbered by all of the bad cops. And if they try to do anything, if they try to speak up and say, hey, you know what? Like, I don't like this. I know of at least seven cops at the East Los Angeles station who wrote letters to the board of supervisors um, saying, hey, we need help. They actually Mm. said, we want a consent decree. We want the FBI to come in here. We want the Department (laughs) of Justice to come in here and fix things because things are so bad. We are being outnumbered by good cops by bad cops rather and mm-hmm. we good cops can't do our job and nothing was done mm-hmm. it's just these people and they're, and they're forced to quit the department because right. their lives get fr- get threatened mm-hmm. they have people doing drive-bys on their houses they have people sending dead animals in the mail to them so it's well, just like classic mo- really it's, the system can be repaired well that's it's like mafia it's shit like the, I, <laughs> yeah I can I can understand where someone is coming from saying, you know, uh, I th- yeah, I mean, I think it just is like, well, you could be it doesn't matter at a certain point. It doesn't matter what your intentions are. If you are in a system that isn't supporting your intentions, then who cares about a good actor like that's it? Mm-hmm. You are only as powerful as the system that upholds you. And if you have to the concessions that people have to make to be successful in these policing systems usually make them kind of bad 
And it's like, this is, if the system itself is bad, who cares if you got into it for the right reasons, or if you genuinely want to help people, you have to do all of these other things that aren't helpful. Like, and if people mm-hmm. aren't, if, yeah, if the, I, Well, and I don't want to bring this up from like an individualism standpoint, but I think that is the question we get asked a lot when we do bring up our opinions on um, defunding the police and things like that, like very few and far between. But I think that does come up a lot of the times. And I think that's a question we all need to be prepared to answer in a lot of ways, too, of like, well, I know something is good here or this person can't possibly be affiliated with the bad. And it's like, no, they are like they actually are. They're part of of something that needs to be dismantled. We're so fully obs- renovated. We're so obsessed as a culture with like innocence of like someone <laughs> can be innocent on one end and not ever be involved with something that's bad. Or like if you mm-hmm. if you didn't mean to, then you can't possibly ha- be held responsible for the other mm-hmm. like the further reaching consequences of your choices. And it's like, no, there's nobody. No, but like once you get rid of that, then you can actually change things because it's like you could have again, you could have had good intentions when you wanted to become a police officer or a sheriff or whatever. You could have wanted to do change in it. You had it in your head that this was the way to do that. But once you figure out that that is not the way to do that, like fucking change. Then then what? Yeah, you have to change. Like you can still want to if you if you are insistent on maintaining that system, then you don't actually want to do good. You want to uphold a system. If you're mm-hmm. actually interested in doing good, then you should see when someone's presenting you, oh, this actually doesn't help. Then stop doing that thing. Stop trying to like give someone medicine they don't need. Stop trying to like, you know what I mean? Like if someone says they're not hungry, stop feeding them like that. You can't quit, your, you, quit your jobs, fool. <laughs> well, yeah. Or just, yeah, just admit that you, you, I don't know. I know that's hard. And obviously it's like so ingrained in our, in our society. And there's so many, like you said, so many people are culpable, <laughs> like that it's, you yeah. know, it, which is so sad and scary. And, um, you know, this is maybe again, too big of a question, but what did you, was there something particular besides, you know, everybody knowing, was there anything that surprised you more than something else or like something that, uh, you feel like is the thing that people should really like take away the most? Um, (laughs) I mean, obviously read the whole piece, everything is going to be, and I think that'll be like different for people, but just if there was something that stood out to you or maybe let's back up and say what, what, uh, was there a particular thing that started this investigation, uh, like more than something else? Obviously this is an ongoing problem and, and Mm -hmm. something that I'm sure you've considered, (laughs) you know, through, throughout time, but was there something that was like, this is the moment I got to do this now? Oh, um, gosh. Well, you know, something about me, I've always wanted to read like a, I I always heard about gangs in the sheriff's department growing up. Um, and learning about them, I really wanted to, to research them. I'm a big nerd. Um, I love (laughs) reading like history books or, um, just like, I don't know, I, I love like a good like history book to like sink mm-hmm. my teeth into. Like I read a lot of Mike Davis, Howard Zinn. So I was looking for some kind of like comprehensive history on the sheriff's department and gangs within it. And it didn't exist. Um, I started looking for that, God, probably like 12 years ago um, for something like that. And it didn't exist. Um, and 
you know, I sort of like went on about my life and over the summer things were like particularly horrible. Um, Mm -hmm. There were protests. Um, I got shot with a rubber bullet while covering said protests. Um, So then I was like forced to spend a lot of time in my house. Um, Like, I mean, I was doing that anyway because of COVID. Are you okay? Um, Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm okay now, but I couldn't walk for like six months. Holy so shit. That sucked. Um, Sorry but to I hear that. Thank you. I, I'm glad I'm better now. Um, so I spent a lot of time just like, you know, being a nerd online, reading history. And Andres Guardado was killed. And that, like you said, that sort of like brought the gangs back into the mainstream. And I mm-hmm. kept that question in my mind kept popping up again. Like, why, why hasn't anyone done? A comprehensive history why hasn't anyone really dug into this um and you know i think that that says a lot about our local media um or local mm-hmm. big media that nothing <laughs> like this was done um i don't know why a, I, I think do. it's a great story yeah are you I have a few guesses. Why? And their names are, you know, my son, my daughter, and you know, whatever yeah. else, like who they go to school with, or you know, it's mm-hmm. it, it's scary for people. It's dangerous. It takes a lot of bravery, and that is to say, not to put those people down that are in those positions in big media, but to to give you give a you credit because that is it's a lot of it's dangerous. It's scary. Well, it yeah. makes sense looking at your chart too i think you know mm-hmm. right away that stood out to me you have this gorgeous uh grand trine uh of like well not technically grand but so, <laughs> <laughs> i'm just looking i'm like re-looking but I hey, well it's like, that 29 degree mars that you're looking yes, at right yeah yes, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. um with the with the well i'm like it's out out of out of sign but by by degree but you've got this aries venus aries mercury which is like so much of like oh it does it to me that's so much like it didn't exist so i'm gonna be the one to to do that kind of taking Mm -hmm. it upon yourself to take care of that but also because it's trying with mars which is like values meets action meets pluto transformation and uncovering and you know you have this pluto in the third house which is so much about i feel like bringing information to light and writing things that are transformative, writing things that are powerful and that can difficult, like, <laughs> difficult and can um, rebirth, but also destroy like this. Is, you have the power to destroy things. Uh, I think the correct things, obviously. <laughs> very, very, very sick. <laughs> but no, in in your... right, yeah, in the right mm-hmm. direction. Try yeah, not to it, do it to yourself is yeah. the note. Yes, <laughs> but these ideas and I think you have have just these interesting things of kind of power struggle within your chart of these ideas of kind of understanding both sides and where we meet in that center center place it's just I it makes so much sense looking at your chart that you would you would choose to do this kind of work and that you would take that on and not only be interested in but also be the person to kind of birth this and and bring it bring it to light I also want to talk I want to ask a question kind of because I, I only know you from, you know, journalism and Instagram stuff, but you have this North Node on the IC, which is kind of where you come from and your family life and stuff. And that's about um, soul's purpose kind of work. So I wonder what kind of support you have right now from family or, 
Do you feel like, you know, you had a teacher that really taught you about journalism or is there something that you look to as kind of that uh, foundation for building something like this as a career? Wow, that's a really like interesting question that has like sparked a lot of deep, uh, <laughs> deep thoughts in my mind. Um, so I grew up, um, I didn't live with my family. I was, um, I like moved around a lot. I lived with different families, sort of like foster care. Um, so I, I'm not, I don't speak with my mother at all. Um, and my father passed away when I was a very small child. So like close nuclear family, not so much. Um, but I think that growing up like that, I, um, was exposed very early to injustice and through mm -hmm. that um I became motivated to to fix it to help people um that's always been very important to me um I always knew I wanted to be a journalist um like I said earlier I'm like a big history nerd um and I've always loved writing um so pretty early on I want to say like probably in middle school I I was like hmm okay like I think journalism might be the thing for me. Um, and that was confirmed when we took a, we took a trip to the set of good morning America. And I had a conversation with one of the anchors. She's <laughs> like, Oh wow. Like you should really think about being a journalist. And from that point on, that's all I wanted to do. Whoa. That's, that's so interesting cool. because it's in Sagittarius too. So this idea of, you know, it not being such a stable or whatever, a very mutable uh, background and kind of moving and all that kind of stuff and then having inspiration I feel like Sagittarius will, we talk about the ninth house and Sagittarius being the kind of education that you're interested in the stuff that you go after mm -hmm. I think too just to like get into like the, the history stuff too because you're your Taurus son hey Taurus is but also when we're using Placidus your eighth house which is the house of um, I think that can be like a very historical house, just kind of like the ninth house, but also other people's like stuff, other people's <laughs> stuff, the taboo, the, the, the twisted, the, like the murky things. And you have your son are who we are, who we're always growing into. We're never done learning to become more and more of a Taurus son, but then also that Aries Mercury, the communication planet of the self. And when we talk about that bravery, and I know like that can be like, Oh, someone's brave, but like, this is some like scary shit. You have to like have some like fire in you to like keep going a lot of the times I think it could be probably easy to quit and a Taurus and an Aries ain't are not quitter people <laughs> like they're definitely like I'm gonna fucking finish this out and see this through and also Aries too we we talk about this a lot and I think they don't get this rep enough about like truth seeking because Aries is that first sign Aries is the baby of the zodiac and they kind of just they go hey there's the sheriff's department's made of gangs anyone else see this but me like it's just like very like duh you know like in a lot of ways like aries aren't afraid to point out the duh because they just see the truth so i love that you have your your son in communication planet sharing this eighth house space of the like the the difficult to discuss and it's like well i i can not that that's your job or duty or like that has to be you know the onus on you but if anyone's going to have the onus, it's, it's a good thing that you have, like, I think these planets that can kind of back up um, how challenging that is. Are, do you are you aware of like what's and this might be like 
astro like but i know you're into chani like are you aware of like the eighth house and like the houses as a whole not not as much as y'all i'm sure <laughs> but i know a little bit i know a little bit yes okay yes <laughs> don't worry just check just checking in just because we all have the eighth house in our chart not all of us will have planets in there and that doesn't mean we don't have you know themes of the eighth house but um i think that just sometimes when we do have planets in a particular house that can just sometimes give inside of uh i don't know like more of like a light like what we might be actually doing here on earth in this time we're here do you think that you've always known how to ask difficult questions Ooh. Mm. <laughs> i think i've gotten better at it um but i've never shied away from asking difficult questions yeah because I mean, that to me is what that Mercury in Aries in the eighth house would be is like, maybe, maybe you've gotten better at like formatting them, but at least very much being interested in like, what's that about asking? It's a very uh, investigative kind of place anyways. And I could see that Aries as being like pretty direct um, and maybe asking some questions that don't, don't seem don't seem taboo to you but maybe in the responses or in people's reactions did you have you was that ever your experience growing up maybe of asking questions that you felt like you shouldn't or not that <laughs> not that you didn't feel that way but was that ever your experience with people around you of being like why are you asking like what do you I, no I don't know you do know what I mean like when adults are surprised by that kind of thing by that kind of interest um growing up Probably not so much. Um, growing up, I I was more of an observer, and I think I still have that that quality. Um, but when I was a child, I was definitely very quiet and the kind of kid that would be like in the corner, like watching everything. Um, I'd want to get a read on what everyone was doing, what their motivations were before I would talk. My parents actually they thought something was wrong with me because I didn't talk until I was three. <laughs> <laughs> oh <wow>. um, yeah <laughs> um but I think let's see asking difficult questions was that it asking difficult well, questions no but I mean that's that's like it I think that's an interesting kind of inverse one of the things that I like about astrology and being able to talk with people about their chart is that like this is what that would indicate to me but then hearing what someone's actual experience with it is that it's like oh that's an interesting like to me that's similar it's, it's the same but flipped where it is like if you're watching if you are the observer of a thing so it's maybe it's not asking but watching people and kind of being quietly um able to clock what people are doing I think that still would give you an understanding of people on a level that um that you could understand without asking questions if that makes sense I know I feel like I've said uh, a very like vague mushy thing but also like I don't know if if most kids are observant in that way or a lot some some of them aren't and so they aren't able to like clock behaviors or motivation or be thinking in that way that you can only do if you are just watching. Well, I think that just gives I mean, now I'm just like, you know, when we hear Aries Mercury, right? I think a lot of the times if you Google that and, and research your own charts, you're going to get those things are like impulsive and loud and says, you know, says it as it is. But then also when it's in this eighth house space, that's a little more, you know, 
is a little more behind the scenes. And then also, I mean, we're Virgo rising too. So the observing, <laughs> like the observance and like, um, you know, taking all the notes and knowing where we're entering before we just impulsively Aries maybe dive in, I think is just, it, that's like the fun kind of Kinsey-esque conversation we can have about natal charts. Same with cancer. I'm a cancer Mars too. And I think um, we're master manipulators. <laughs> so I think that can be, <laughs> I think it's also like, okay, well, I'm going to like see what they need. And then I can kind of, you know, crab my way in or crab my way out and yeah. sidestep. And then I can maybe know when it's time to go full Aries-ness. We do have Aries-Venus too. I mean, uh, I'm curious, like I know I said the word impulse and I think that's the one that goes with Aries of just like, you know, quick changing or, um, you know, not tied to like how we felt yesterday. Like, okay, I'm going to keep it moving. Do, do any of those, like, yeah, I guess I'm curious if any of that kind of Aries energy uh, clocks for you. When you said Aries and Venus, I thought about how, like, um, like when I first started dating my girlfriend, that like, really mm-hmm. resonated to me. Like we, <laughs> we had a very like fast little romance. Um, and we, like, okay. So that, that seems very like Aries to me. Like we told each other that we loved each other, like after a week and then we moved in <laughs> after like four months. All right. Um, so that's Aries Venus scary. in that seventh house, baby, the seventh house of partnership. Uh, we lo- we love to see. I moved in with my, my boyfriend really quick too. So I'm with you. And it, it's worked out for a while. So I think we're on a good path. I'm curious to know if you, because there is this kind of dual yod thing happening. You have Mars and the moon in Cancer. And then you have this... Uranus Neptune in Capricorn and they're kind of just weirdly positioned where they're not they're not in opposition to each other but to the other or whatever um and I wonder if you like to surprise people like is that a part of your journalism where you're like I really want to blow people's minds or do you are you are you a pranker are you like do you like (laughs) to like see the look on people's face or does it like do you like to ease your way in I feel like it could go either way Definitely not a pranker, um, but I do like to, um, I do like to like shock people with my journalism, um, like working on this, um, I'll like randomly like run, I'm like working in my little office space and then I'll come across something like really big, like, oh, like the LA County Sheriff's Department gangs facilitated a bribe to Bill Clinton while he was president in order to get the son of a cocaine trafficker off the hook. That's a true story. So okay. I'll find something <laughs> like that and then I'll go run in the other room and I'm like, oh my God, you guys, like, did you know that <laughs> Lee Baca did this shit? And everyone's like, no, serious. Like nobody is living <laughs> in the <US laughs> LA Sheriff's Department. Like, <laughs> I love that. Um, also, just because maybe we can, you know, go back to early astro days of like, was there anything that got you into astrology or like, where did that, did, where did that kind of bloom from? Did being a Taurus, did that also hit for you? Maybe like reading little horoscopes. I think a lot of us, you know, start with reading it in magazines or in passing, but yeah, I'm curious, like, was there something that clicked for you with astrology and, and it seems to have stayed with you to present day. Yeah, I've always been really into it. I mean, I, when I when I lived with my mom, my mom introduced me to it. Actually, she was really big into astrology, um, and she she would get readings pretty regularly. 
So oh, wow. when I lived with her in her house, um, she would always tell my brother and I, my brother's a Virgo, like, oh, you're a Virgo, like, tell him about like maybe why he's doing something or why he approaches the situation <laughs> in a certain way. The same thing with me. Um, I'm a Taurus as a child. I was very stubborn. I think I still am. Um, but that, that would come out a lot when I was a kid and she would always just be like, oh, my little Taurus, like, you know, it has, to, it has to be your way. Um, <laughs> What's so her sign? My mother is an Aquarius. Ah. Oh, you have a nose ring too. I feel like a lot of Tauruses look good with a nose ring. The little, the Just little because bull. it's like the bull, the bull. right? Like, <laughs> I feel like we all look good with it. I have a fake one that I like take in and out because I'm, you know, a, a, a scaredy cat. Uh, <laughs> but also, I love this Aquarius mom too. Of like my stubborn little Taurus is like Aquarians are just as stubborn, right? Back. So I oh, love. I like. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the myth. If I do any myth busting on this podcast, it is that you know Taurus. Taurus is always that's like the classic. I think adjective descriptor is like stubborn but and it's I think it's like an easy one that people will definitely clam on to like yeah you're stubborn you need it where it's like oh I just like what I like and I'm sure okay yeah. Aquarius is, Aquarius is <laughs> literally like They're change more. the world to not change their mind right They're more stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> they will go, the lengths that an Aquarius will go to to not change are truly astounding mm-hmm. yeah that lines up with my mom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, so they, baby, baby, I love, I love like, um, like, did she have like readers come to the house or was this oh, did yeah. she, like, okay. Wow. Oh, yeah. We had readers in the house. Um, looking back, it was like a very like hippy dippy, hippy dippy <laughs> house that she kept. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, LA, LA native, right? Yeah. Like it is, a, it is a, it is a safe space for astro heads. I will, I will say. Well, I guess. I have two two questions. Um, after my first question is, do does doing this work, however you know, horrifying and and um, troubling and all of those things, does this make you like feel hopeful at all? Like, no. do you? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's so then I guess the follow up or I mean, sort of sort of follow up. But this is then a kind of two parter of like, what what do you hope that readers take away from this besides the information, obviously, on its own? Like, what is it? What what is our, you know, not goal, but you know what I'm saying? Like, what what do you hope people take away from this piece? I hope that it helps people truly. I just hope that, you know, maybe it's getting another innocent man like Frankie Carrillo out of jail. Maybe it's um, saving somebody's life, truly. Mm -hmm. Um, One story that has really stuck with me while doing this is I talk to a lot of I talk to a lot of attorneys um, who have worked on these cases. And one of the attorneys I spoke with is actually still in the process of litigation for the shooting death of a young man who had a mental illness. He was killed by two deputies in a sheriff's gang. In my reporting, I found out that one of the men who killed him had been involved with a few other incidents where a mentally ill person was killed. 
And the attorney had no idea. The county did not disclose that information to him, which is a crime. Mm -hmm. Um, But unfortunately, that happens all the time. It happens more often than not from what I've seen. Uh, But because I am doing this work and I called him on that day, I just happened to call him um, the day before he was going to court about this case. And I told him this information. He was able to go to the judge and present and say, hey, the county is doing crimes. They're doing Brady violations. And I hope that that will have a positive impact on the case. I hope that I think it already did. I mean, it shows the judge like the county's lawyers are playing fast and loose with facts here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very I'm still in contact with that attorney. Um, I'm still monitoring that case. And I I really hope that that family can get, you know, I mean, you'll never get justice for losing your son. Right. But mm-hmm. I hope that they're able to to get more to get more what they deserve because of because of the work that I'm doing. That's really mm-hmm. what motivates me through through any story I do, really. It's just to to help people and hopefully make the world a better place. Well, that I was going to say kind of follow up is like what I think a lot of people and this is something that we've talked about ourselves and all of this is that especially if it's not something that makes you feel particularly hopeful, um, like what what should we be doing or like what, you know, not obviously it's not your job to to tell everybody, you know, what everyone individually should be doing. But I think for people that are going to read this and feel overwhelmingly upset Re- or ready, whatever, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, ready to go. Um, what what should people do or what you know, what? Uh, if if people aren't uh what's effective all these, some yeah. actions we could take. yeah some, some it doesn't actions have to be the take. answer yeah exactly yes thank you that's what i was trying to say it's like doesn't have to be the overwhelming end all be all of answer but what what do you think is something that people maybe don't realize that they could be doing that they could absolutely be doing yeah i think that the probably the the biggest thing that gets in the way of people finding out about these bad actor officers is something called the Peace Officers Bill of Rights, which is something that's, I believe, present in 46 states. It's a special, um, it's a special right rights that are given to cops. Basically, the big takeaways from that are that when a cop commits a crime, they have the right to speak with a union representative before they speak with an investigator. They have the right to review any evidence about the incident before they speak with an investigator. That, that isn't something that everyday people get, no. right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that in a lot of these cases, that window of time where they can sit with each other and sit with the union rep and look at the tape, that's where a lot of these stories are concocted to say, oh, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you say this, say that you're in fear for your life, that in fear for your life, bullshit i i don't think that should exist i think that the peace officers bill of rights that allows them to to do that i think that needs to be at the bare minimum re-examined um that is something that you know if voters were so inclined i believe that we could get rid of it through a proposition if we voted on it i think that's something we could get rid of i think that would make a big difference i think that you know we're building a database to you know, keep track of all these bad acts. But I think that's something that the government should be doing, really. They have all the access. I 
I've tried right. very hard to get, you know, as much as I can about these people. But at the end of the day, I, I don't have their personnel files. Mm-hmm. I think that that stuff should be public. I think that the public mm-hmm. has a right to know that if, if there's a killer on your streets wearing a badge, enforcing the law, I think that residents have a right to know about that. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think that police officers who kill someone should be able to go back on the street. That's, mm-hmm. That's we fair. Live, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we live in a country that, you know, is supposed to guarantee your right to a speedy and fair trial. And yeah, even like people always say like, oh, you need someone to protect you from the bad guys from the bad right. guys. The bad guys have rights too. I mean, like we live in a, we live in a free country and that is people are, people have rights. And I'm very proud of that fact that, you know, people in the United States supposedly have these rights. I'd like to see that actually play out more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it just makes me think of like, I, I think that you're right and why it's, it's so important, the work that you're doing of just bringing this information to light and letting people know that information exists. It's just hidden and not available to people because I think when people are making that argument that we're talking about at the beginning of like, oh, well, this is a good, there's good cops, there's this, that people just aren't aware of all of the mounting evidence against like police do so they're not looking into it i'm thinking you know i've been thinking so much lately about how like conspiratorial our our society is right now and how you know QAnon is huge and all of this kind of thing but it's like the the real problems are very obvious or like it's not it's not like big uh you know like pizzagate stuff it's that the people that are charged with protecting us are not or like are not mm-hmm. uh, are not infallible. And it's I think that's like a harder thing for people to grasp than some other big like deep state sort of thing. But just this idea of like, oh, no, there's like just knowing that like records aren't are destroyed or this uh, bill of rights where it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's sketchy. And I think even someone who might kind of bristle at this, you know, blanket statement of defund the police would be able to understand that, oh, that's that seems fishy and that doesn't seem like that's right. And I think the more people can know that we're not talking about you know, I think people just are so defensive where they're like, oh, well, these people are protecting us and they're doing such a good job. And it's like, well, that's that's just not true. <laughs> or whatever. Like there's right. just these things that people aren't thinking of that are so uh, just systemic that I think, yeah. I don't know. I, for me and like, I, maybe I'm wrong and maybe I don't have all the facts or whatever, but when people are like, who's, who are you going to come to? Who it's like, I'm like, when have they ever solved some shit? Like yeah, not, exactly. and, like, and not <laughs> what I'm being facetious because I'm a comedian, but like in my experience, <laughs> That is not actually how stuff gets handled. Mm-hmm. There's so a reason right. to true crime is a, a huge right. s- genre. And like, I, <laughs> like, what do they yeah. solve? Lots of unsolved tickets? cases. Like, well, that- it's like I like I can't even. They solve speeders. Like I whatever. I that is not what people are talking about. And I, I'm also curious what you think on this new street sweeping thing. Oh, I was I, I was hoping you're gonna bring up sweet, street sweeping just to confuse people mm-hmm. and like i i know because i visit other cities in california or whatever that do have the other bi-weekly or whatever but it says it on the signs and i haven't <laughs> seen a single sign get replaced where it says second tuesday or fourth right. tuesday of the month or whatever if there's nothing and i'm just like okay i'm just still we're all still just 
battling it out for parking in my neighborhood, but good luck with the new supposed, we're not going to get tickets every other week. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's also like the, I, I think Scott had this tweet, but it, but even that idea of like, if something is stolen uh, or something like that, like, there's never been a time when when you've called the police and they've been like, yes, we're on it. We can absolutely do something about or that. Or they're like, we that, have it. it. We have yeah. it here at the station. Oh, yeah. Someone turned it in. Yeah, that it's like, what from what? But it is the same idea, I think, of just like, oh, yeah, we have to believe that there is there are like bad people and good people in order. Like, if we get rid of that, then you have to do all kinds of like the whole the whole house of cards goes down sorry to use a house of cards metaphor terrible <laughs> but but that thing of like oh well then that i guess going back to that like innocence idea where then it's like oh well then i'm not just a good person i'm also a bad person or a whatever and mm-hmm. that's a lot i do have, i do have a feeling on the street sweeping just they should be vacuums that suck up the garbage versus Things that spray garbage and push them around. Just get That's rid of my- fucking street sweeping. Yeah, like- I'm against it. I'm also anti-leaf blower and I yeah. will. <laughs> I will get this to stop. I'm over it. If who likes it? Who's like, yeah, I need the dirt moved around. Could you come leaf blow? I my need the place? dirt. I need the dirt. Those unionized <laughs> workers love it. But <laughs> my place is eight units. Like, get a rake. It's yeah. really not that big of a deal. Get a broom. It's probably faster. Well, I think this is interesting to think of like, because you're entering, you just entered your Saturn return with Saturn yeah, Aquarius. How's, <laughs> how you feeling? And, uh, how's that feeling? <laughs> any any notices? Any big, big changes? You have it in your sixth house, <sighs> which um, we can we can talk about. But that is like. Yeah, tell me about that. Okay. So Saturn. Well, I pin, pin in this for a second. I think the Saturn and Aquarius time is really like all this old systems of like, why do we have a thing that pushes the garbage around? Why do we have clearly gangs in the LA, LA Sheriff's Park? Why is there no $15 minimum wage? Where are these stimuluses? What is like, it's just so old and Aquarius hates the old. It wants something new and it will take elements of the old that work. But it will only if it works. If it doesn't work, then what's the fucking point? And you have it in your sixth house place that it can be um, literal work, but also routines, our health, how we're taking care of ourselves, basically how we are maintaining ourselves to go out into the world. So you're having the Saturn return in that space in Aquarius. You are a late degree um, Saturn. You're at 28 degrees. So probably closer to 2022, 23 is when you might feel more of the direct when it's the exact, the exact degree of Saturn, but we're in it where you've officially entered. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Any, um, any vibes or feels on that Saturn return happening for you? (laughs) (laughs) It's been rough. I mean, like my Saturn return has been like during the pandemic. So that's, Mm -hmm that like comes with a whole wave of like learning how to take care of yourself. Like we talked about earlier um, and mm-hmm. getting in tune with best practices. I've learned a lot that I'm like very into yoga during my Saturn Ooh, return. Yes. Um, I found that a, as a very restorative grounding practice. Um, what do you, what do you use for yoga or do you have like a app or person or thing that you like to use? 
Um, or do you, I move or do you free, you free, are you free wheeling? <laughs> Sometimes I free wheel if I'm like, if I'm like struck by nature, I'll like oh. strike Ooh. a pose. Yes. <laughs> that's some earth, that's some earth side shit right there. You know, oh, yeah. when, you're, when you're casually struck by nature, you know, take it in the, the glory of the outdoors. <laughs> Well, what's striking for me, and I don't know if this has been, I'm sure there's some level of this for everyone in their Saturn return, but it's just been really obvious for Saturn and Aquarius folks is that I think there's something about Saturn that's kind of, I mean, obviously it's very personal, like everyone in their Saturn return, you have like personal things that you're dealing with, but I think Saturn and Aquarius people are really kind of having to reckon with like society's irresponsibility in a way that other Saturn, (laughs) other Saturn people have not had to deal with in the past where it's kind of, they've had the the luxury of having it be a little bit more personal. And I think because the nature of Aquarius is a little more, um, you know, community, community minded, minded, but also it's, you know, it's the water bearer, it's holding the vase. And so there is this level of kind of, I don't want to say detachment because it's not, I've seen some people be posting about, you know, Aquarius is getting this rap for being unemotional and that's not true. But I think that there is just this thing of like being able to examine a little bit from a distance that lets you see the community, that lets you see the collective and all of that. And so I think having your Saturn return in this, in Aquarius is, yeah, it is kind of like, it's not just you, Cerise, it's, everybody. And where do I, like, I, you know, Saturn asks us to kind of grow up uh, and I think that it's this this Saturn return for a lot of people is like, oh, it, it's not things necessarily that you didn't deal with. It's that like we haven't dealt with. And now mm. you are kind of having to take your place in that uh, mm. in that place. Does that make sense to you at all? That resonates like so much. I'm like shook. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple of weeks yeah. ago, I like. Do you listen to LA podcast? Can we talk yeah. about other podcasts? Yeah. Yeah. Podcast? Yes. yeah. I went on LA pod and I like talked a lot about um, my experiences at my past employer and that just sort of like it turned into a whole thing. People oh, on Twitter we were talking about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Y'all oh, know. know. I was in paper. That seems very much like, I don't know, like the sheriff's thing. All of it just seems like. I'm like standing, like looking at all this bullshit and I'm just like screaming at the powers that be like, what the fuck? Like, fix it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So also fun working theory too, just talking about the current transits with your chart. So two things, Uranus, the planet of change and chaos just passed over your sun. Uranus is going to be in Taurus till 2025. So all of us Taurus folks and also fixed sign people who are getting those aspects from Uranus are anything that needed to change that was overdue and Taurus doesn't change very often. Taurus is like now just putting on that leather jacket and going, fuck it. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm changing this. I'm changing that. I held these principles for so long, or I kept, you know, I've, I've kept this motion and Taurus has finally given this permission to like change their mind for a sign that doesn't change their mind very often. So I think that that's been really revolutionary for a lot of fixed sign people and Taurus people. And then we've had the nodes, which is where the eclipses take place. That's right on your mid heaven, the highest point of your career, which is in Gemini, which is 
I mean, love it. It's so social. It's people. It's it's the communicator. It's writing, communicating, writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then so you have these eclipses happening on your IC, which we talked about earlier with Sagittarius, with that kind of home space and also reinventing home to Sagittarius is not going to always be traditional, right? Like it wants to just do what feels philosophically connected and what they just, they, I, they agree with. And so you have these eclipses taking place in your most private space and your most public space. So I think, um, you know, that's going to, those eclipses, uh, the nodes are going to change, I think towards the end of the year or early next year, but this whole year, all these eclipses are taking place in your, in your home and your, in your private life and also in your very public life. So, um, I don't know if I have like, like I was gonna say, so good luck. Um, I got, <laughs> like, good luck with that. It, but I think it's just like, if it feels like it's all happening it is all happening right now, you have a lot mm-hmm. of transits that are going on on top of a Saturn return as well. So, um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's all you can do with astrology is like, well, that's happening. So I that's think, happening. um, that's happening. And just like, how can we then cancer moon, you know, sue themselves. You do have your, your moon in the 11th house place of friends, of community, of, you know, people that make you feel good. So I think that's like a nice place to return to, to, of just like people that get you and people that make you feel like you can just, you know, say what you want to say without it, you know, being tit for tat. Like, can I, not that we have to trauma bond with our friends or like emotionally dump on them, but we should have friends that can hold that space and not just expect us to be one thing or another. And I think cancer moon is going to really appreciate the friends and community that can let them let the water out, especially since you have so much going on with these, you know, this air stuff. That's very much about being seen in your work. Yeah. Mic drop. Um, that's the, <laughs> that's the, that's, <laughs> it's a, it's a foot baby. And I wanted to touch too, just quick. You have this, your Jupiter, the planet of abundance in Libra, this, this sign of justice too. So, you know, not to get too cheesy, but I think wanting justice on a larger scale is very, you know, on the nose for what we're seeing in your chart too. Well, um, it's in your first house too, of mm-hmm. like, you know, of f- self physically, yeah. Physically showing up, doing, being the person that's do- going out and doing the investigating and writing the thing and and all of that of have it like being really a change agent in that way of and being kind of I think Jupiter in the first can be very much like bigger you are bigger than just you obviously you are just mm. you and that's and and caring for your, yourself like how do we balance those things and I think that that's very much in alignment with like some of the Saturn return lessons is that kind of like we were talking about at the beginning where it's like if you don't if in order for you to be bigger than yourself you also have to make sure you are caring for your small like small s self your body your your emotions because you can you can be bigger than you and that requires us to be even more in tuned with with our routines and those things like that because we have so much you know not not to put pressure on you. I'm sure, I'm sure you feel that <laughs> regardless. But that idea of like, I think sometimes the the instinct is to go like, oh, well, I'm not important. I need to, I need to focus out on all of mm-hmm. these other people or all of these, this work that I'm doing, that's the most important. But it's just to remember that we are an essential part of that equation. So as long as we're remembering mm. to care for ourselves, that's how we continue to be it bigger than ourselves. It's not by rejecting our our physical, mental, general wellness, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just as a, I know. think too, one of the things for Saturn return that I always forget to tell people 
um, which is my bad, but um, <laughs> it's like, you know, that's not the only thing crossing Saturn there that year or those years. Like you're going to have the sun or Venus or one of the really like lovely, beautiful things come through too. And those things are going to teach you lessons or give you outlooks that are a little bit shinier where, you know, maybe you meet someone or maybe you you really like, um, like have a renewal of your love for your pet or your partner or whatever. And that might help you get through some of the other Saturn stuff. It's not like, oh yeah, this year it's all just Saturn. It's going to fuck you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. you're also getting Jupiter there too. Uh, I That's mean, what this, made me think this, of it. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. This year specifically, you know, we had the great conjunction in, in December of last year, but Jupiter is transiting all through that. Uh, it'll go into Pisces. Then you're going to get in your seventh house too, which is going to be lovely. I mean, you're already partnered up, but that just is like, so I think for doing the seventh house is also that like Libra justice kind of work too, of like really being able to grow and expand your reach in that cape in that capacity too, I think bodes very well for the work that you're doing. Um, But also I think like something that you, that Saturn return I, this has come up for me a lot lately is I think sometimes it's also an opportunity to re- realize like what you do know and how prepared you are for challenges and things like that. Everybody assumes that they're going to be in the Saturn return and not know what to do. And also you might know exactly what to do. And this is just when you're kind of presented with the the opportunity to use the skills that you have a- accumulated up, up to this point in your life. And it's It's like those things I think too, nobody thinks of Saturn as like, oh, actually this is when I was like, oh, I fully, I got this opportunity and I was fully prepared and I was ready to, to step into this thing. And I wouldn't have been, you know, four years ago, two years ago, one year ago in the same position to like step into this authority that I am now. And isn't that cool? So I think like just remembering that there might be some surprises and, and, uh, positive I guess not like positives but just like oh yeah like this I'm I'm ready for this I actually do know what to do in this situation mm-hmm. I felt well, the f- few years before Saturn return like the most like yeah. felt like impending doom like <laughs> like I knew like there was a lot of stuff that I was gonna have to do soon and then I know everyone's Saturn return is gonna hit in a different way but yeah I think it can be surprising how we were preparing for this moment in many ways like this was just the culmination and right now saturn is currently it's still in your fifth house and that's the place of pleasure and fun so i think that can be like a fun reminder too of like with astrology not that we have to like only do the things of where the planets are but it's like oh shit have i been making time saturn for things that make me laugh and things that just are like you know, getting laid and like doing all the things that like feel feel good and making sure like that's just as part of our our health as like doing the work. So you're gonna do the works here, honey. <laughs> the work, the work, <laughs> the work you're is doing, present. <laughs> you're doing the work. It's just making mm-hmm. time for the other stuff too, because it informs and aids the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you have any questions about your chart or any of the uh, placements or anything before we maybe get into our game in a little bit? Ooh. I mean, yeah, I don't know what a what to ask. Like I want to ask things, but I don't know what. Oh no, you're you're and What's it can most... also Oh yeah, go oh, for go it. Go ahead. No, you go. I was gonna say it could also not maybe like be like 
if the sons here could be like, I'm curious about, um, I don't know, yeah, sibling relationships. It could be broad and we can then, you know, Ooh, pinpoint. yeah, do that one. Sibling <laughs> oh, shit. Well, OK, there you go. Well, I mean, you mentioned well, are they fraught? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You what? do have this. Pl- hmm? Sorry, I, you cut out. A I said, no, I said, I said, are they fraught? <laughs> Or do you have oh, good yeah. sibling relations? They are. They're very frosty. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, I was gonna say that third house space is where um, journal, like the houses represent different things, and sometimes they can be very catch-all. Like when we mentioned sixth house being health and routine, it's also small pets and like you know mm. other things. Like same with the fifth house, that can be love and passion and romance, which also is the spot of children. The ninth house philosophy can also be grandparents. So like they can kind of encompass a lot of different themes. So your third house space is where we can look for communication, writing, uh, journalism, but it's also the house of siblings and you have Pluto there and Pluto uh, can definitely, you know, it has opinions (laughs) like Pluto is like Pluto's not going to play nice for the sake of playing nice. Pluto's going to play real because it was the last planet that was kicked out of being a planet by NASA and it doesn't have anything to lose. So I think Pluto can be like a big guardian and maybe stop us from like pursuing people because it wants to protect us or it can say fuck everybody and just like blow up the spot. So I think it can be like very one way or another. I don't see it as like a very like, oh, we're just I don't know. We're siblings and we don't talk much and like that's it. Like I feel like it's like explosive or like they're blocked you know like or like they're just like fully or they're fully gone um i mean you do have aspects that are are harmonious to pluto so that might be also extra juice to like stand up for your needs with venus and the things that you want to do with mars um but yeah i mean it's there in score it's scorpio so i mean that's scorpios always just know all the dirt on each other too so i think that that can also be interesting with siblings right where you're like i know you better than you think i do or like or like the vice versa i think too with pluto we often forget or like with sibling with third house and with stuff that involves other people we often forget like this is our perspective on the other person right so it's it's very possible that they feel very close to you and you're like <laughs> mm, you kind of pick me off or whatever or like you go through those phases right because pluto is all death and rebirth so it's like sometimes like we just click like i i know one thanksgiving like we just did this and this and that was like so fun and like no one got in a fight or whatever but most of the time they're kind of like this and maybe they always see you as that thanksgiving so it's important to remember like you're allowed to completely create a boundary you're allowed to let people in it's totally this is your natal chart and it's totally up to you what that kind of pluto stuff is if you want to you have the ability to rekindle that relationship at any time if you want to you have the ability to destroy that relationship at any time it is very useful in journalism because you're constantly you know digging through information and and you're do, you're repeating that process every time you start a new story and that can be really hard for people to let go of work or you know have something be complete like i have a really tough time with ending stuff when i write so um that might be a real asset for you in other places of life but um applying it in personal relationships can be very different so definitely something you might think about for, you know, the rest of your life. This is your natal chart for life. Um, but that does, you know, that could be in a good way or a bad way. Do you feel like you have how uh, to me, that's also like this idea of, um, domination in, 
Pluto in the third house of like, is it a, do you feel like it not necessarily literally dominant, but just that it also is like informative and transformative your sibling relationships? Like, oh. have they informed, have they informed you now as a person, like that sort of thing? Has it been a source of um, transformation for you? That could be positive, negative. That doesn't have to be that. But I yeah. think just like that it's power, a powerful response. Like, yeah, I think that the relationship with my brother has like forced me to like, not necessarily grow up, but like take on different things that I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have um, just because like, uh, I, I truly didn't have the desire to. Um mm-hmm. But because our relationship is is very fraught, we don't we don't speak to each other right now, um, mm-hmm. and we kind of go back and forth like that. Pluto sometimes we're really close, sometimes we're just like, I don't want anything to do with you, um, and we're in one of those patterns right now where we're just like not speaking. Um, so yeah, a lot of that like. <laughs> well i think i think like the thing is with pluto is it's it's typically and again i think what lisa brought up this is your chart so maybe he feels differently or maybe an outsider would be like oh i wouldn't see that but this is what you're experiencing but pluto's heavy you know pluto's Mm -hmm. not gonna like think about our our relationship wherever it is in a very like just like breezy sort of way it's very like no, you were my life witness. And now you're doing this. And like, I have a very fraught relationship with my brother as well. So, um, and we have, I have theories on that in my chart, but I think that that, um, yeah, it's interesting because it is that space of writing and siblings. And it's interesting that astrology can kind of share those spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes Pluto's Pluto's that fuel sometimes too, of like rage of like, fuck all these people <laughs> well also in the third house too where it can be kind of it that's a very mutable changeable house where it is kind of like i think it also can be proximity too if you aren't um like physically close to that person anymore like if you aren't sharing a a, a home or if you aren't living in the same neighborhood then that also i think can have a pretty dramatic effect on the the relationship as well just because it is that like intensity kind of magnet thing when it's when you're in in each other's orbit then you can like connect on a really deep thing but if you aren't there then it's like I don't even know who the fuck you are that kind of thing like do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean (laughs) yeah totally yeah my brother lives in Colorado yeah Mm -hmm. so there you go well and I'm seeing this yeah and I'm seeing this square. So it's like making a, like a, a air quotes, harsh aspect to your Saturn too. So that might be like, that feels very like life lesson sort of things. Like, I don't know if it's going to have like a bow on it, right? Like you mentioned the kind of oscillating back and forth, but maybe this Saturn time, since you're going to get that influence from, from Aquarius coming up on your Saturn is to like, I don't know. I, I think Lisa actually gave me this advice. We've talked about like fraught, fraught family of like, maybe we just email, you know, phone calls seem to set us off or maybe we just like, I think it's finding Saturnian solutions. So it doesn't become Pluto explosion. If that's what, if that's what you mm-hmm. want, right? Like if that's what you, how you want to go, I think it's finding Aquarius Saturn's new solutions to old problems. And I think it's just, and it's a know thyself, right? Like I know that for sure with my family, it's like, if we get on FaceTime, it's a fucking nightmare. If we text, it's somehow chill. 
whatever. It's not ideal, but like, that's, that's how we function or that's how the best functions for me. So then I don't invest all my cancer Mars, which you have as well, like into my family. Mm-hmm. Cause that is also cancer is very family and you have Mars there that, that warrior. So I think too, sometimes cancer Mars folks, I've just from other people I've talked to can be that person that fights to make the unit work. And then you see no one else really doing that work. And then you're like, fuck, fuck you all. Like, cause I've, tr- <laughs> I've done, I've done my part. Like y- y'all are, I can't. <laughs> well, we all know which family members are fun to party with and which ones aren't. And it's the same thing with text <laughs> or video chat or phone calls or any other thing. Some family members after the movie is going to say really critical and negative things about the acting and the directing and blah, blah, blah. And some are going to say, I really enjoyed that. And different people want a different reaction, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's finding who you watch the movie with and finding who you, you know, go to the bar with or whatever. Hell and yeah. who you ignore for life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of fraught relationships, let's play this game. Let's do it. Yes. Um, Therese, we're playing a game. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Mary Fuck Kill. Any yes. relation to this game and awareness. Perfect. Um, we're going to play with celebrities that share your big three combination. I couldn't Ooh. find a, a perfect match for your Taurus Sun, Cancer Moon, Virgo Rising only because we don't always have rising times on celebrities because we don't always ever have their birth, but we will play two rounds, one with Taurus on Cancer Moon and then one with Taurus on Virgo Rising. Let's start with a very interesting group. It's always an interesting mix of people with Taurus on Cancer Moon. Let's go with Carmen Electra, Ooh. Robert Pattison, and Penelope Cruz. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> I'm killing Robert. This sucks. Um... This <laughs> because I always want to kill them one man and he's my big three match. So I feel like I can't kill him. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. It's you, should kill, you should kill him. I'm killing him. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair. Um, I would probably fuck Carmen Electra and Mary Penelope. Ooh, any yeah. reasons of like why marriage for Penel and why fuck or like is there what are what are what are what are we how are we rationalizing Um, this i watched the last dance and carmen electra has a few appearances because she was dating dennis robin at the time and it just seemed like they had a great fucking time like i'm just picturing myself in dennis's shoes and she's taking me around vegas and we're Mm -hmm. gambling and being sexy and just drinking (laughs) and (laughs) yeah that sounds great (laughs) <laughs> that um, does sound great <laughs> marriage for yeah. Penelope um, god what movie did I see her in where she was god what movie am I thinking of what movie was she in where she was at home <laughs> at home Vicky Cristina Barcelona <laughs> <laughs> that would be a chaotic home the one yeah. time I went to to Spain, I wasn't in Madrid, but I heard that her and Javier Bardem are like walking around Madrid all the time, looking real hot, and that there's like power, like power couple energy. So mm-hmm. I, I think we're on to like just hot wife. The hot wife zone is <laughs> yeah. is, is prevalent. <laughs> I think I think I'm doing the same thing. I I'm sorry. I do like Robert Pattinson, um, but I just I never got into Twilight. Um, <laughs> I, 
I just can't. I just don't think I could either fuck nor marry him based on that meme that was going around last summer where he's like in the sweatsuit in the kitchen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I just great can't. Meme. I mm-hmm. can't get it out of my head. And I feel like it's going to be an impediment to our connection. So I am going to kill him. Um, okay. I'm going to fuck Carmen Electra. That's like childhood hottie kind mm-hmm. of energy, too. So, like, you know, I think she also could be. I remember that. Uh, I don't Fruitopia. Sh- well, did they have a show her and um, Dave Navarro? Did they have was there a brief reality show or was it just like an episode of Cribs that I'm thinking of? I don't know. Cribs. I could see them. I know I for sure I, Cribs, but I, I thought I there was a Cribs. but I thought there was like a brief reality Maybe. show or something, something like that, too. Probably. She also well, seems- she was on single singled out, which was. You know. <laughs> yeah. She also seems like she would be a chill, cool wife. But I just I think she just a chill, like. Cool wife. I, I would fuck her, uh, I think. And <laughs> Penelope, I don't know. That just seems fun. Mary. Okay. Like, All yeah, right. Same. I have decided I'm also going to kill Robert Pattinson. Yeah. I just, wow. There can only be one. Taurus Sun, Cancer Moon, Taurus Sun. Yeah. I mean, Taurus Rising. Um, so sorry, Batman. And if you ever need help with any of your work, I will unkill you in this game and do any sort of um, kind of like Hollywood shit that you need, like a writer or just, you know, if you do need help, I will. Because I do feel like you're the most relevant of the three. Um, so just want to put that out there. I will take this back, but you are getting killed. Um, and then... It's the way the cookie crumbles in this game. Someone's someone, got to go. Someone's got it. Yeah, and you know? I think he would do it. I think he would. He just... He'd be, it, yeah. I know as a fellow Taurus Cancer Taurus, like, if it was two women like that, sure, I would sacrifice myself too. Um, and then I sometimes I it's wanna... very clear in this game, and this is—I think this is a tough. I think I want to marry Carmen Electra. I just mm-hmm. feel okay. like it—it—it it, it hits all the childhood fantasy vibes. Where Penelope Cruz, I feel like I didn't get into until later in life. And mm. so, yeah, sure, I'll have a fling. Okay. I feel that. Um, they did have a reality show till death do us part. Yes. Her and Dave Navarro, classic ink master. I'm also going to kill Robert Pattinson. He's hot, but it's just, it's just order of operations yeah. right now. I think, I think I'm going to go the fuck Carmen. I did recently hear her interviewed on glowing up podcast. And I was like, I don't know if I want to be married to you, uh, but I will, <laughs> I will, will have sex with you. And, um, and I mean, so hot and good burger, oh, just like every, everything. And the last dance, classic and fashion fashion icon and penelope you know she seems great i think she probably has a nice house we'll make it work uh taurus on cancer runes it was a great group and also lisa i did find another big three twin free which is steve winwood Lizzo, right oh oh Lizzo too? i think so she might just i thought she has virgo i thought she had a i thought she had a virgo she- moon maybe she's virgo rising i don't know I don't some know. of these celebrities are been chart it might be a lot of ce- a lot of celebs have been fast and loose with their birth charts too. I know Megan the Stallion has been causing up a storm because she keeps saying she's like a Leo Moon. Everyone's like, that's your Mars. And now we're all confused. So like hey, mm-hmm. celebs, please update your astrotheme.com profiles so we can get the best uh report reporting <laughs> while we're on our journalism kick the best reporting we can do. Yeah, this I is our this Steve is our Lewis. investigative story <laughs> of like what's the birth time? Um some other Taurus Sun Cancer Moons we've talked about them before on the podcast Prius Bronson. I almost want to include him in this round because it was going to be called the hottie round. Uh Betty Page, Jason Biggs, 
Steve Winwood, William Shakespeare, Mark, Matt Margot, Ghostface Killer, Amy Heckerling, and also we, <laughs> Willie Nelson, Pete Seeger, and also two other folks we've talked about on the podcast before, Jemima Kirk and Lena Dunham from Girls. Uh, you know, mm. we've talked about <laughs> Lena Dunham on this podcast before in very interesting ways. Um, next up, Taurus Sun, Virgo Rising. All right, this. <laughs> okay, let's just go for it. Uma Thurman, yeah. Roy Orbison. Oh and and Mark Zuckerberg. Oh my okay. God! Well, this is the party round. Find out who they kill. The crowd goes. The crowd goes wild. Easiest <laughs> round of my life. I'm fucking killing Mark Zuckerberg. I'm fucking Uma Thurman, and I'm marrying Roy Orbison. This oh, is okay. The easy. I mean, I've never never had an easier trade round. Tough one for me. Ugh. I don't even know who that is. I'm like Googling him. Who, Roy Orbison? Yeah. He's old. He's old. He sings Pretty Woman. Yeah, he's an old crooner. Old crooner. Song. We, we, we Google, we Google um, people once in a while. It's, it's, it's sometimes you also just got to go off face value. If you're like, I don't know you Google image. Got it. Okay. We'll think, go from there. I think I want to kill Mark Zuckerberg, but, but like. I'm not sure I don't want to kill Roy Orbison too. It's very strange. <laughs> I, I I think, yeah, I I just, I do think you have to kill Mark because like this, the conversation I, we just had, it would be inappropriate <laughs> for me to do anything other than kill the, him. Would you also, that's where I'm like, I, can I you kill fa- Facebook? I, what, I with get this? what you're saying, but also it's like, do you want to marry or exist. fuck Zuckerberg either? Nah. Yeah. Oh well, the Mary one. I might do. He's That's very wealthy. A fuck, absolutely not. There, there, that is that is a sexless marriage if it happens. But I think <laughs> that um, for sure I'm killing him just because. Ugh. Um, and then yeah. I will. I will. Um, I, I guess I will have sex with Roy Orbison and marry okay. Emma Thurman, and that will not be a sexless marriage. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm marrying Roy because I I don't know who he is and he died in 88 so I guess I'm still single (laughs) Um, (laughs) and with all that residual with all that really good residual money residual money you'll be good if you own the if you own the catalog that's a good life yeah um who are the others Uma Thurman and and Mark Zuckerberg Um, yeah, I'm going to fuck Uma Thurman and marry Mark because California is a common law or, um, not common Mm -hmm. law state, but when you get married in California, what's, what's yours is mine now. So Facebook is now mine and I'm going to destroy it. So good idea. Inside, inside job. This is revolutionary mind blowing. And I love that. I love what you just, uh, put out there. So wait, who died in that? scenario Roy? Roy oh shit I married two people that's what I was saying that's what <laughs> I was like dead. yeah well no no that's right. Roy's dead so Roy is okay. dead I killed him he was already dead and I married Mark and I you could have done like a like a, a like a marriage widow Anna Nicole Smith situation too there's sure, no there rules there's truly no <laughs> rules in this universe but I was just thinking like wait which rich which rich white man's money are we going after on this <laughs> on this round? Um, I mean, obviously, Marion Uma Thurman, she's such a babe, like so hot, seems really nice, so tall. Um, ugh. Okay, 
Well, now the Zuckerberg, that is a fortune, probably worth more than the Orbison fortune, I would think. And yeah, I would like to, I would also like to, uh, no, I'm just go with the heart, go with the heart. I'm going to marry Roy Orbison. I'm going to kill Mark Zuckerberg. I'll be fine on that Orbison money, but I'm, I'm excited to watch series take down the Facebook empire from, (laughs) from, from afar. (laughs) Yes. Um, some other tours on Vogarizings we had a mix, Pete Townsend, 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 uh, Audrina Partridge, David Byrne, and Shirley MacLaine, and Renee Zellweger. Right. I don't know if I said that one, but uh, yeah, that's the game. We did all right answers. Yes. Yet again. <laughs> there's, all, all, there's nothing, right, nothing yet but wrong right answers. answers. <laughs> <laughs> Therese, thank you so much for coming on. Obviously, um, where can people read this piece? Most first and yeah. foremost, you can read this piece at knock.la. I would also love it if y'all could donate to our Patreon. Um, it's very expensive to um, access these court cases while they are public records. You have to pay for them, which oh, is what? stupid. That Shouldn't is stupid. be a thing. Um, so please donate to the Patreon so I can keep <laughs> digging into the cops' dirty business. Yes. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Cerise Castle, and that's that's me. Yes, and we will have hey. all of this in show notes, but going back to our thing of what can you do? Also, if you aren't doing this kind of work, you can support this kind of work. Donate to the Patreon. Make it possible go. for people who do have this uh, journalistic disposition to, to expose the things that need to be exposing and share them with the world. I think that um, do not underestimate the power of donating, of giving money to these things because we, mm-hmm. we need it desperately. Thank you so much. This was Thank awesome. You. Uh, yeah, it was great you. to meet you. Yes. Uh, it was you great guys, to meet you all too. Yes. So you guys listen, uh, follow, follow Cerise, read on the knock, donate, share, to the it, share it, share, share it, share that article, share the great. Tell your friends and family, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod. You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. What's your Bye. Sign? Bye. What's your sign, baby? What's your